You're listening to the Down the Pub podcast, Canada's premier football show. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. So welcome to this uh, week one of the Island Games Roundup. We are joined by our regular participants here, Carlos and Chris. Welcome to the show again, guys. Oh, thanks again. Did, did we lose the title, Barfly? Just just for this special episode. We're, we're trying to be serious pundits here. So. Ah, yeah, this is true. This is true. <laughs> you have to... Guys, are we having a laugh? Well, maybe a little one. But I, I agree with Anthony. We'll be a little more serious this time. You guys yeah. didn't get it. <laughs> Good. Yes. Oh, yes we oh, are. I, see, <laughs> I, I saw what you did there. Um, so um, we're just going to run through the teams, I think, to see how we thought they've done in the first round. So um, I'm going to leave Pacific and Halifax till the end because that was the game that we went through to watch or Chris, you watched at home with your granddad. Um, so I'm going to leave those guys till the end. So I thought we would start off with, with Calvary. Uh, obviously, they played two games uh, in this round. So w- what do we think of their performances over the two games? Chris, start with you, bud. By far the most complete team. Um, I, I'll talk about Forge after how they're the deepest team, but Cavalry's just complete. Like, you know, just talking to those guys over the last few months and learning about the foothills, you're seeing that long-time tactical chemistry coming into play, short tournament with all this adversity that every team's facing, and they look like a team that's in the middle of a season or towards the end of a season. So um, Haber looks incredible. Uh, that Muhammad Farsi kid is just unbelievable. Yeah. He came out of nowhere. I know he was there last year for a couple pockets, but um, because of all the different things that has happened with the international players, to have him in there just jumping right in, he's he's the type of player I was actually mentioning to somebody yesterday. I can see somebody from a big club signing him. He seems to have all those credentials and style already. So um, I was talking about Camargo, how he's my MVP so far. Um, I know there's probably guys that have performed better on other teams, but in terms of just keeping that core together um, with players like Escalante missing, he's, he's just kind of kept everything together. He's the glue. Um, Piscotti, I can't say enough. I hate the guy, but um, <laughs> one of the things, one of the things coming into this tournament was, you know, is he a one hit wonder? And I think it was Kurt Larson that said that during the whole like preseason thing, like it'll be really interesting to see if he can continue his form from last year. And, yeah, so far so good in two games. And uh, before I pass it on to Carlos, my guys, the tour just looks incredible. Um, he's always had the freedom to take the ball out of the back, but he, he seems to be more confident cutting in. And that makes Cavalry so dynamic. Uh, like, like, like I said, they're, they're so complete. Yeah, they definitely, uh, they definitely looked uh, like why they were being touted as favorites. I know some people were kind of worried about the players that they lost and stuff like that. But like Haber just seems to just slotted back in there. And I think that's, as you said, it's just that when you have that kind of core group of guys who played with each other for like a long time, like uh, even against Forge, they just started so well. It was just natural. Like Forge took a while to get into that game. Uh, whereas Calvary were just at it from the start. And I think everybody was surprised um, about how, how well they started. But at the same time though, I'm going to say it was genius on the part of CPL to start with those two guys because it was a great game of football and I totally enjoyed it. Uh, Carlos, what about you, man? How, how did you find them? Um, Calvary is Calvary, as Chris was saying. Um, we got to realize something that uh, 
this league is, we all know, it's new to second year. And Calvary, I see that more than Forza. Calvary is going to be one of those teams that playing bad is going to win games because they know the system by memory. And there's when, you, when you're reaching that level that there's teams that they don't play good, but they still win games, you know? Yeah. And that's how Calvary is going to end up being one of those. And what I see is just like you can put um, – you can bend their eyes and they know the system by memory. They know how Tommy Wilden Jr. likes to play. And all they need is just like add little pieces into the main squad and the system's still working. And Camargo, as Chris was saying, like he wasn't real on that midfield. Uh, that Panenka shot was just like oh, freaking gangster, like the way that he did it. And man, it, it was just man. like, you know, you have to have like balls of steel like to do it like that, you know? You got to live with somebody crazy like Nico's a roommate to start developing those acts in the field. <laughs> but I love how he cheaped it, like he, he did the panenka there. Uh, but beside the goal, that new guy that, that Chris was talking about, um, Farsi. Yeah, Farsi's good, eh? last name? Yeah. He's good. I mean that uh, he had uh, uh, that shot to have it and he just like proved that he's going to be one of those. Like, I feel like the more minutes he have, the better he's going to get. And I feel like he's going to be one of the sellout guys for, for Calvary. Marcus Haver, he is a pain in the ass for any goalkeeper, for any defender. And uh, wow, like, I mean, like the tactical movements that he does on the box like he doesn't have to always score goals but he was right there for that header when it happened and he literally was just right there he was just like a market himself and he pushed forward and then he just went with a header and he scored but it was all the farsi movements that he did so that's how like how well developed they are and sator is one of the best ones in the league how, what, what a bowler sator and also uh Pas- pasquari nico pasquari that guy has an, an, an unreal talent. So I feel like Cal- Calvert is, is uh, such such a great team right now. I don't know. Like it, it has to be. It has to be definitely a team that put them like with a tie, and that was Forge. And we all was the match, and we're gonna talk probably later on. But uh, I think I'm gonna reserve that for later. But uh, in terms of Calvary ones, like. Uh, I think there's they're, they're the best in the team. I like them this year better than Forge. Like, as you said, the, the system, it's 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 like a well-oiled machine. And even like when they were 2-1 down against Forge, you could just see that they were, they had a chance to come back. Nobody was panicking. They just kept with the system. They just kept going the way they were going to go. And like, it, it, it was just great to watch like a team that does not panic and just kind of have faith in what they're doing. And, got their rewards at the end so and i think a little bit controversy but it is what it is i feel like because it's it's brand new like you know they have that uh, the foothill philosophy and everything but i think that in a future time when tommy wilden tommy wilden leaves the team and they bring a new coach i feel that's going to be the style the essence of the club that's going to be the philosophy of the game of the club and i think that is the first club that i seen in the whole cpl besides Atletico Madrid, because they, they bring the philosophy from, 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 I mean, Atletico Ottawa, because they bring the philosophy from Atletico Madrid. I feel like Calvary is, is the first club that I've seen an established philosophy of play of the game. Well, you, can see that, well, you can see that, you can see that, obviously, like Jay Wilden's 
doing his coaching badges and he's like he looks after the foothills so it's already in place of mm-hmm. the next steps we're not saying that Tommy Whelan Jr. is going to get fired anytime soon like it'd be more no. likely that he'd probably get a job somewhere else because he's done such a great job over at Calvary so um mm-hmm. so Chris moving moving on from our good friends in, in Calgary to their close neighbor well I guess in Canadian terms is close uh <laughs> FC Edmonton how, how did it how do you think that they made out well I mean not great, but in all honesty, they had a little bit of balance. I know one of the big criticisms was uh, people were talking about how they just looked kind of incohesive, but I, I honestly personally thought they had balance. Um, you know, they lost the ball a lot. There's there's no question. And, I mean, a lot of the teams lost the ball. I mean, we were just talking about how Calvary's a well-oiled machine, but even they turned over the ball uh, um, just unlike them. And, and, you know, that's natural. You go months without playing organized games. None of these guys had any real preseason competitive football just inter squad games so you know that the loss of possession is going to happen and I think that's really something that kind of held back Edmonton um I really hope that Didich is okay I don't know I, I haven't actually checked to see if he's out or not I know he got hurt um that would suck because the man just is so confident at the back and just instills that very confidence in the rest of the team um really impressed with Zetterberg um I, I don't know where is he is he Swedish yeah, I think he is actually. Yeah, yeah, like he's he was was quite impressive to me, and and how he kind of like got the ball in deep areas, and then next thing you knew, you're he's he's got the ball in the other eighteen, and he's banging the mofo off the post. So, um, really impressed, I think, with what they have in terms of a foundation. Um, there were a lot of people that were just kind of like throwing them to the curb at the start of this thing, them and Valor, and I thought both of them showed at least enough going forward that they might nick a couple of points, but um, I, like you know. Where we're talking about Cavalry probably being a contender for this thing, I, I don't see Edmonton making the top four, but I see them being one of the teams that are going to improve. It, 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 and that's the thing. Like I, I find the teams seem a little, little bit more even. Like that, the you know the players that they brought in, like Forge, with a better team. But at the same time, though, like I still think they gave a good account of themselves. Um, they didn't look overwhelmed. It's just sometimes you just come up against a better team, and you just kind of have to hold your hands up and just and the first goal <laughs> against was like unbelievable. You know what I mean? So it's uh, yeah. class. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, I'm just, you can't, there's nothing really you can do about that. Yeah. They, they could have closed them down wherever, but still it was phenomenal. And I, I just think that um, they definitely do look a lot better as a team compared to what they were last year, just from the first little bits that we've seen. So it's, yeah, I, I think, and, and that's what we want from the league. I, I, I really like, you know, obviously we're Wanderers fans, but we need all the other teams to be, to good too because obviously you don't want it to be a two horse race every year right and we kind of are a little bit in danger of that because they're so they started so well but um i i i really enjoyed the game i thought everything they would account themselves how about you carlos um i always like jeff paulos as a coach like i i feel like jeff paulos is one of those managers that he has a a way to play that it works, but it's hard for him to make that idea into the pitch, if you know what I mean. I feel like with the right players that how I feel like he has difficulties to 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 kind of like preach the message how he wants to play to, to the field. But I feel like you guys have like Edmonton have Easton Ongaro and did it and, and all these like amazing players, you know? And 
they're way better than last year. And I was telling Anthony that on, on Saturday when we were watching the the, the Wonders games, I, I, I remember I told you, I told you like Edmonton is one of those teams that like you never have to take for granted, never, because they're a headache. And now today I saw like Kurt Larson posted something like they're going to be headaches. And I was like, well, I, th- I kind of like think the same thing, that Edmonton's going to be one of those teams that maybe they can like – is one of those games that you know that the bigger ones, the bigger teams are trying to play, but nothing is happening in the pitch. And suddenly, like, you got a score from Edmonton, and then they put – they park the bus, and suddenly, boom, three points, one zero. you know? It's going to be a headache for every team at Edmonton. I feel like uh, they're way better than last year, and I don't see Edmonton finishing last. And not even above. Like I, I feel like Edmonton's gonna be that close, fighting for that uh, number four position. Call me crazy, but I feel like you are they're a little bit rusty. But the, the more time they have playing, you're gonna see something about that. Yeah, I do agree with that. Like I said, like they're they're the one team I think from just the small dose we've gotten so far mm-hmm. that can really genuinely truly improve. I, like mm-hmm. I mean, they all, all these teams can obviously improve, but. There's just there was something raw about Edmonton that that can fill out, and I'm just trying to check right now. Do they have cavalry next? That would almost be the they, best thing for them. They do have uh, the cavalry. Oh, they on, do have cavalry next on Thursday. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So there you yeah. go. So yeah. as far as I'm concerned, this is going to sound weird to say. That's that's the that you get them out of the way. You know, you you have another game where you're not expected to win. Mm-hmm. kind of show more progression like you just did in the first game. And then, you know, if they can maybe nick a point, I'm not even saying nick a point, lose 2-1 or something like that, just show a little more progression. Like you said, Carlos, maybe they hit a, a little spot of form and then they end up finishing in fourth place because this short tournament, yeah, you know, I was mm-hmm. breaking down some some numbers earlier. A team that finishes with eight or nine points can finish mm-hmm. fourth, mm-hmm. and that could be in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I, as I said, like, I mean, they, they just – they're so much better than than last year um, already, which is I think I, to be honest with you, I think the CPL needs a strong Edmonton. It's just they're one of the teams with, with like a, a good history and all that kind of stuff, and it's kind of pains you to see them like not not performing well. So speaking of teams not performing well, uh, let's move to Winnipeg next. What what did you think of uh, what you think of Winnipeg um, Valor, Chris? Not a whole lot, man. Not a whole lot. I mean, aesthetically. They, they look promising in bunches. Um, they got that, that non-penalty call at the end that could have changed things. Um, they did look a lot better in the second half when they made the changes. Uh, Frazier Aird looked great, I thought. Uh, frustrated, you could tell. But um, I thought he looked really good, and you could tell that he's going to be the outlet on the attack. But I, there wasn't a whole lot, and, and we can joke and talk about Rob Gale all day. The pressure is on him, I think, more than any yep. manager. And he did not show a whole lot. Um, maybe, you know, to, to like I was just saying, after the substitutions were made, maybe he has something that we haven't quite seen yet. And with Ottawa's really good performance in their first game, they have Ottawa next. And I was saying to a buddy of mine earlier, a team like Ottawa, they might be on a bit of a high. And if Valor comes out flying in that game, they might catch Ottawa off guard. Um, you know, they're a team that showed that they have a lot of good balance and discipline defensively. And Valor showed that they could at least attempt a counterattack. But at the end of the day, when you have no shots on goal, you, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's not acceptable mm-hmm. at any level 
at any time. Like, you know, even if you don't play for as long as we haven't been playing, uh, you got to at least pop a shot from 30 yards. So yeah, I hope they, I, I hope they improve big time because like, you know, like I said, man, Frazier aired, he looked good. And I want to see him actually have a, a team behind him. I think uh, just for, like from my own, my own standpoint, like, obviously they've improved defensively. I thought they were a lot, the players they brought in like seemed to have a bit of experience and they they kind of they looked okay that way. Going forward, they were atrocious and like I I kind of disagree with you a little bit. I think Fraser Air like he was being billed as th- this guy who's because obviously he played with Rangers and all that kind of stuff. I, 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 he wasn't in the game and I think that's why he was mm-hmm. getting frustrated with himself and with the team is just because there was no he wasn't getting the ball and when he did get it he wasn't doing an awful lot with it because there was no movement. And I think a big part of it, like somebody had said the stat that uh, Dylan Carrera was the only player that started the game who was a Valor player last year, which... The number 10? Yeah, that's yeah. Th- that's crazy. Like, And, and I mean, if you, if you change your team, like, whole, like I don't know Halifax has done something similar, but it's mm-hmm. like if you change your team like, like that, it's obviously going to take time for people to bet in. And just having kick-arounds, like inter- inter-squad kick-arounds is never going to replace actually playing together and I think it felt a little bit like that they didn't know each other an awful lot <laughs> and you and know Mike, Mike go ahead sorry yeah I, I just that's where I think a lot of it stems from but I mean as Chris said there like there's so much pressure on Rob Gale now because like Fraser Aird is a big name Daryl Fordyce like obviously he's a little bit older but he's a big name and, and stuff like that and like they need to kick on and they just look like they've gone back like they got, I said like their back line looks a little bit better but going forward it was they're fucking atrocious so it was, and it, it was, it's got to be a kick in the teeth too because you know we'll, we'll talk about them after but both Bustos and Louis played tremendous matches yeah and like that's like that ounce of quality you feel like Valor was missing because even though they played it as poorly too. as they did yeah I, well I yeah just, he didn't he didn't play but yeah you know what I mean like, like it just, I, I, that, I just wish that they had like just say, we'll probably never know because it's one of those things that'll stay behind closed doors. But what the fuck happened last season? Like, like you know what I mean? Like, it's it's something that I kind of want to know. Like, uh, like it'd be good for for us as fans to know like why they all up sticks and left because that was a good core of players that really should have taken. They was the best players, the only ones yeah. that score goals for Valor. Yeah, but they're the ones like they should have like like the fact that they all wanted to leave straight off the bat, and I know they've been politically correct and, and saying all the right things of that, you know, I just want to improve my career and all that kind of stuff. And nobody's kind of said anything shitty about Valor, but something obviously happened. There was obviously a, like a clash of personalities. Code, you know? Yeah. Um, People and, say, but... You know, maybe maybe we might get a book out of them or something like that down the road and we'll find out what actually happened. But uh, yeah, Carol... <laughs> 10th year anniversary of the Canadian <laughs> yeah, exactly, documentary exactly. that, yeah, exactly. that first, both, both Valor and Halifax both, both <laughs> yeah, coast, yeah, exactly. both coast to coast but if if, the if stop look, in the middle if they're looking for a ghostwriter I will uh, I, I'll, I'll be the guy to because I'll just start making shit up so <laughs> Carlos what, what, so what, what do you think man do you think that uh, like Rob like what does where does Rob Gale go from here like what if you're Rob Gale what would you do I will. I mean, we were talking about him in the chat that we have, and 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 there's something about Rogel that it seems like Valor. I don't know who said it, but uh, it seems. And then I start like digging a little bit, and it seems like I don't know if the ownerships of of the club 
they think that he is the almighty guy that he they he's the only one that can coach that because I'm sure that there's a lot of coaches out there that can that that can try and make it work. Even though I don't want to exaggerate though, but Michael Silver Bauer that got sacked from Pacific, if you put him under the Valor mantle, he'll do a better job than Rob Gale. And I don't want to ditch on Rob Gale, but it seems it's something that is not working. And as you were saying, if something happened and they're respecting the local rule code and they're not talking about it, I mean, try with a different guy. But I don't know what was the contract. I don't know what's the issue. But if you have a local room that is broken and they have no respect for your coach, how are you going to win games, you know? Like, how, how you're supposed to, like, like tra- transmit your ideas. It's like, guys, we got to play this way, this way, this way. It's not going to happen. And I feel like there is something there. And it's not only Rob Gale. It's only the players. Maybe it's also like Rob Gale's staff too. Because, you know, when, when, you know, when something is bad, you got your coach get sacked, but suddenly the assistant coach takes the role of the coach as an interim and they start getting results. Manchester United happened. You know, yeah. so, but I feel like there's something in Valor that it's involving Rob Gale and his team against the uh, players. And I don't want to dig into it. I don't know what's going to happen, but they have players though. Like you, 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 you got experienced players there. So I don't, there's something that is not working. There was, there was a comment on Reddit and it made me laugh and it just popped in my head. Some guy said that um, Valor was signed to Rob Gale on a three-year contract. That's, that's, that's pretty, that's very you know accurate. What I mean, cause, cause yeah. like, it, it, it <laughs> seems that way, right? Like, like trying, trying to be like a little bit fair to them. They were playing against a, Cal, a very good Calvary side who were, who just looked really good as we kind of mentioned already. So you kind of give them a tiny little benefit to do, but it's true. You know, it's but, true. but then You're- like, uh, you also have to look at the fact that they've got some really experienced people in there and they still look lost. And I, I, that's, that's the thing. It, it was just a performance that would worry me as a Valor fan, like rather than um, like the fact they were playing Calvia. It just looked, didn't look cohesive. It just looked a little bit all over the place. And that's kind of, that was the story of their season last year too, right? So um, as I said before, like just right now, like, you know, we need all these teams like to be, like we need Valor in the league. We need them to be performing well. So you kind of hope that turns around for them. Mm-hmm. So next uh, is it we're into Ontario now because we've done Edmonton. Uh, we've done Edmonton, we've done Calvary, we've done Valor. So yeah, we uh, we got a York and Forge, and yeah. then uh, the two west, the two coast teams. Yeah. First, first is Forge. Yeah, Hamilton is a little more west yeah. than. So so let's 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 go ahead with that. So geography. Um, <laughs> I know. Geography. I know. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so. But to be fair, to be fair, because I, I, Carlos, you've been here longer than Anthony. I've been fourteen years. And, and Anthony, how many? How long have you been Ten. here? For? Yeah. Okay. I guess. Yeah. Sorry, Anthony. You should have the geography down. Yeah. 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 I know. I, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> this is all getting caught. Anyway, so go fuck yourself. Anyway. So, so I'll, I'll see. Uh, I think it's. <laughs> I'll see. We like the Forge's first game. It was against uh, Calvary, and they just seemed slow getting out of the blocks. But then. The second half, they just came alive and they they just looked so good. And then watching them yesterday against, as we said, like a decent SC Edmonton team, um, they looked really, really good again. So I mean, it's it's such a 
it's just such a really good squad that they have. You know, I mean, like the I, I know I'm going to mess his name his name up, but it's Babuli or is that, am I saying that right? Babuli, yeah, yeah, yep. like like the yep. fact that like he could come in no, and like, pretty much change a game. You know, it's 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 just like just this weird depth that they have in the squad. You know, this this guy came out like you know he's been a, he's been around for a while, but I mean he was never thought of being in the CPL, and then he looked like a fucking world beater. Like the the the, the goal he set up against um, Calvary, like he looked fucking awesome. So I mean, it just it's just scary that they just have these you people have, just kicking around. <laughs> you have Cadell Thomas on the bench, man. He could be like uh, on the starting eleven in any CPL team. It's it's honestly. it's so and then they're rotating like two of the three best left backs in the league too. Yeah, like, it's it's fucking scary, and it's um, man. Novak Novak off the bench or starting like it's just scary. It's scary, and I mean, Al, Be- Al Becker about- is like a wine man. Well, that's what the I was older saying. He's getting the better he is. People, people have been talking about how he hasn't like been himself, but like one of the things I've been saying about Forges is what's been fascinating is in two games, everybody's like worried about the post Tristan Borges era. They've found an identity before our very eyes. Once against Cavalry once against a very strong Edmonton team that at least put up enough of a wall that they had to work through. So it's been really, really impressive seeing Forge with, like you just said, it's Mo Babuli's second professional game in how many years? Like, know, and it's, it's just a- mind-blowing to see how it came together so fast because, you know, they're, they're obviously one of the teams to beat, but if you were going to pick a team to maybe take a step back, you'd pick Forge. Um, I just but- remember that Borges last season, he wasn't starting at the beginning, though. He suddenly just developed, and then he was like – People thought, oh, it's going to be a one-hit wonder. No, like he became the golden boot of the league, like a solid player. Now he's playing in Europe and Belgium. So same with Forge. It's just like they have talent. They know they have a good scouting. They know how to bring players to the philosophy of the club, which I wish we had too, you know, like it's just going to eventually evolve. I, I, don't, I don't think we can uh, underestimate how – entrenched they are in league one Ontario that they know so many of these players that are mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I don't think that Halifax has the same knowledge of that league in, in Ontario as what Forge has because they, they were pretty much playing in it for like the last while. Right. So they, they just know these kind of different players and just pick them up and bring them in. And it's, it, it's, it's great to watch. Like, I mean, it's great that we're getting to see Canadian talent like that probably would never, like we would never have seen him play a game probably that Babuli kid. Like I mean, he's just he he was just a, a sideliner, and now it's like suddenly he's thrust into th- this tournament, and he's like it's uh, he's looking like the star of it already. So it's kind of it's kind of cool. Well, they were uh, saying what is, was he playing indoor? Yeah, or something or what's so like, like yeah, exactly. This yeah. is how this is how it happens with Forge. Like I feel like they have like a professional pickup league. You know, when you have with your buddies, you play every weekend just to sweat <laughs> off the booze of the weekend. And and you know who who are the best ones, you know? And suddenly these guys are not playing your team, but you want them eventually for a pick of game. Say, okay, like, you know, uh, board just left. Mo, you want to play with us like Babuli? I mean, Mo Babuli, his, his, his name is Mo? Or I'm, I don't want to butcher it, but come on, play with us and look at that now. 
Look at it. That's that's it's that's unreal. how they got Dave. That's how they got David Edgar last year too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, they just saw. I think he was just shopping at Sobeys in fucking in Hamilton, and they're just like, "Hey man, what's the story? What are you doing here? Want to play some football?" And then away they went. So, yeah, and he move. I know, and he he looks he he just looks great as well. It's it, it's an amazing team, and like I mean, like uh, they just. They they are going to be one of their favorites for it, man. Like you just look at what they and it's going to be Calvary again, unfortunately for the rest of us. But I just think that we all are a little bit step, a little step closer to them. So um, let's move move away from the success story of uh, Forge and let's just talk about uh, York Nine next. So, so pre I, I picked them to be my my, my tournament favorites after all the moves and shakers moves and shakes that they did. They did not me look too. Me too. They me did too. not look good. They they like for 10 15 minutes in the second half they looked really good when they got back into the game but Jesus Christ were they like there's two chances that they had in the first half that probably if they had a score they probably would have gone on and scored four or five goals I think but as soon as they kind of let Ottawa anyway into the game they were fucked and uh, Ottawa looked really good. No disrespect to, to, to Ottawa at all. They played, their plan was really good. They played really well. It's just that York were just so disappointing. It was shocking <laughs> to say how, that. How would you dare to put Manny Aparicio on the bench? No, I thought he was hurt. I thought all three uh, of them I, were hurt. Yeah, I, I, that's what I thought. He too. was? I yeah, thought, like him, uh, Manny Petrasso. And, I know uh, Petrasso. Manella, Manella was hurt too. Manella too. So, so they're like yeah. they're kind of saying they were day to day, but but I think though, like if if uh, there was a famous thing I, I remember uh, I was watching um, Barry Fry. He's in it. He managed Peterborough and stuff like that. And he's talking to a player in a documentary, and the guy was like, "Oh, I'm, I'd say I'm fifty fifty." And he's just like, "Are you fit enough to sit on the bench?" And he's like, "Yeah, you're fit enough to sit on the bench." You're fucking fit enough to play the game, so <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna play it. So I mean, yeah, that's twenty that, minutes, and that's that's the thing for me is like if, if these guys are fit enough to sit on the bench, like it was a little bit. Of, I thought it was a little bit of arrogance that they t- they expected to roll over uh, on it, and that was a big mistake. Yeah, yeah, but to to like to our friend Jimmy Brennan's credit, I thought he actually managed that match well. They got the gift of the red card, obviously, but he made the right substitutions. And they were all young guys. Like, I'm going to forget names right now, but I know one fella's name, uh, the one who scored the goal. See, look, I'm blanking. And I didn't even get the kid's name out. Uh, right, right, that was his name. And then the young Ferrari kid was oh, unbelievable. Yeah. So, and then I think there was another kid named Haley or Hallie or something like that. Like, all three of these kids came on and changed things. So, to, to their credit, um, our, our very, very, very good friend, Angus McNabb, they've been doing some scouting. And they've got these young guys that are going to be at the club, hopefully for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And it's already starting now in this situation where they had a bunch of injuries that they had to kind of like mold together a team. But like you said, Anthony, you're not just 11 guys. You know, if, if, if you're fit enough to play, you're fit enough to be on the bench. And if you're on the bench, you have to be ready to start in case something like this happens. And it seems like York might not have quite been prepared for a game plan with all these injuries. And I feel like Brendan did a really good job managing through this game. So, I mean, it it was ugly. You're right. And like you said, all credits due to Ottawa. I think there might've been a bit of arrogance, which is why you didn't see these guys start. And I think when they were down two, 
maybe Jimmy thought in his head, why throw these guys on kind of unfit when I can just gamble with these young guys? And to their credit, they got the Worked. points back despite the despite the card. So yeah, it, but it, it it was just uh, like so disappointing. Like I said, like they had like one or two good chances in the first half, but like Ottawa just grew more and more in confidence through that first half, and the stuff was was starting to come off for them. Stuff was starting to work, and you could kind of just see that that goal was going to come. And I just. It's yeah. I it's kind of weird. You expect more from you expect more from like Abzi and Telfer, for example. Yeah, like exactly, not to talk yeah. trash about these guys, but like they're still quality, quality players. Big time. And, like, and they still kind of looked stuck. They were rusty, and and I'm gonna bring that comment to to the, our last one. We'll review the wonders. I hope like people don't hate me, but I have a couple ones that I'll say later. But Abzi was just like one of the. Of the like, I never seen him playing like that, and Napsi was one of my top five, like you know, like left backs. And I think, um, so he got comfortable though, he did get comfortable after the after the red, and I think you know that was a blessing not only just for them to get the point back, but mm-hmm. after that shock of being down two goals, now they were able to get, get a little bit of confidence going into their next match. And I think that Abzi did kind of get better as he had more time with the ball, but you're right, Carlos, like one of my favorite players last year and, and, and kind of like Zator, a guy that brings the ball up from the back or finds the ball in a spot that you don't expect him to be in. And they make a difference. And I felt like he was stuck and we're going to talk about them next. A lot of credit to Ottawa. I think they just did a really good job of recognizing who they had to shut down. Yeah. I, I mean, um, I, we probably won't get any players from York or Valor on the show anymore after what we've been saying, but I, I think that, like the, the thing is though, like we're football fans, and I think that we need to be able to like say, say this stuff because at the end of the day, that's why we love the game, right? And I feel that like I, I, I me personally, I just thought it was a little bit, a little bit of arrogance on, on York's, like they didn't take them as seriously as what they should. And to be honest with you, like the, like Ottawa, where I always kind of felt that we weren't just going to be a pushover or like a, like everybody's kind of saying that they were going to get beaten in all their games and all. I, I never felt that way. I just felt that they no. had, like, bringing in Ben Fisk, I think, was a genius idea as, as your first player. And they kind of built a team around him because, I mean, like, he played a captain's role. He was fantastic. So I guess we might as well just talk about Ottawa now because... <laughs> and, and, and this is... But this is... Um, Segway. Yeah, I know, this the is, worst segue ever, but hey. <laughs> but this is, this is Spanish mentality, though. Like, the Spanish football is, like, all surrounded by, by the midfielders, right? So you're number 10 and you build it around it. That, that's how the essence of Spanish football always been. Like, there's... Uh, you got uh, David Silva. I can mention, like, a lot of tens that happen... Uh, to play in Spain, so that that's the mentality. Not 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 the Atletico Madrid, Atletico Ottawa philosophy of of of, of playing style, but it's just the Spanish essence. So first first announcement, uh, our boy, our number ten. So then they build it around that, and I have two um, sayings about uh, Ottawa. They have uh, Acuna, the Mexican guy. Unreal, one of the yeah. best ones in the league. Like he just such such elegant class. Like he's gonna be like him and Ben Fisk are gonna be like wow. It's just like perfect duo and everything. They were amazing. And another thing that surprised me, and I uh, it was just Mo Karuma. And Mo Karuma is playing as a nine now. 
and he always was a nine well kind of but still you know like he goes winger like he he, he has that role and i feel like mister like has a good eye for a players like they know he i feel like mister is going to be one of those coaches that he's going to bring the best of each player and he's going to have that atletico madrid philosophy of kind of like rebumping players that they know that they're talent but they can give you more they're gonna they're gonna bring diamonds in broom so they can pull it off and they're gonna like turn it into like uh, a beautiful thing you know and that's how i feel like atletico auto was gonna be not this season there's gonna be a big headache i see them also like being like up there fighting and during the years uh i, I see atletico will be in like one of the main contenders because it seems like they're getting everything right. Like, you know, like club wise and also the product on the field is, 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 is yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Like, I mean, when, when you consider that they announced so many players just coming into the tournament itself, like, I mean, like there was almost like it was a, a ragtag of misfits that they, they just brought it into last second just to make up the number. Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, but but they've like like uh, all credit like to to the management team like they've they've molded it into something that's coherent and cohesive because I mean um, as you said there like Acuna and Ben Fisk were like like it was I I just I just feel it was like a lot of people were writing them off for the wrong reasons like I mean they had a core of really good players and uh, I was so happy for Boca with the score like I mean. It, we loved him here in Halifax. Maybe didn't get it, the, the the chances that he should have, um, and just to see him score and be so happy mm-hmm. really really made me smile a lot. So, and uh, and he found another Zoom because yeah. him and him and freaking Malik Hamilton together on that wing. Yeah, yes. like it, 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 and it, what's great is is when they were down a man, it provided them still a, a little bit of attacking emphasis. And and I was saying, you know. They gave up the two quick goals. Obviously, they were shocked to shit, but they settled. And and one of the credits to that team is defensively, they settled twice in that game. The beginning of the game, they mm-hmm. they settled their nerves quickly because, you know, with all the, the pressure and expectations, not to actually perform, but the expectation that they're going to suck, um, they settled early. And then, again, after the red card, obviously the shock happened. But those are two goals that penalties set. You know, there's things that you just can't control but they were able to settle themselves again. And, and like Carlos was just talking about the Spanish philosophy, Atletico's philosophy, you know, sometimes a mountain will crumble, just use those stones and build it back up as a metaphor. And, and I felt like in one match against a damn good York team, skill wise, talent wise, even with the guys they were missing, they were able to handle things well. And, and, and credit to, like you said, credit to their staff for, you know, we know Mo was working with the group and I think I signed another guy that was working in the same group. They must have found these pockets of guys that just kind of had that chemistry already and they found a way to mold it together quickly. So all the credit in the world to Mista. I mean, you saw him on the touchline. He was almost like a 12th and 11th player when they were down a man. And it was it was inspiring. And shout out to, um, I don't know how to say his name. Is like Vashon Newfill or something like that. Yes. Like, is it Neuville? Maybe Neuville or Newville yeah, or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's 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 the first recipient of the Joel Waterman "Work Your Ass Off" award already. <laughs> like, I, this tournament does not even have to end because that guy does not 
fucking stop. Like I found myself watching him off the ball on both sides of the ball. A lot of the game, including Ben Fisk, obviously, but um, this guy works and with hard. a player with 10 players too. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like yeah. you did, there were times even when York were, were building possession that Ottawa didn't feel like they were down a man defending. Like sometimes you'll and you'll notice and recognize, and we were just talking about Abzi. The only time I felt like York was up a man was when Abzi had the ball because they were they were defending him in a in a way where they knew he wasn't going to be the finishing act in the play. Whereas before they had the red card, they were pressuring him and he couldn't do anything with the ball. So Atletico definitely uh, they put in a good account for themselves after one game, and it's going to be really really interesting to see how quickly it molds together. So um, we we're getting towards the end here, and we're going to talk about um, the, the game that obviously interested us the most. So uh, where do I start with this one? Uh, I, I I would like to I would like to say, uh, like I was so shocked at the team cho the team choice, and like we were, we were sitting. We were sitting at, uh, at at Niche and like people were kind of discussing whatever. I I I still don't get what he was trying to do. I, it didn't make any fucking sense to me whatsoever. It was just so random. Like it's like I I understand like like Jake Jake Ruby coming in was obviously a bit of a surprise, but obviously we've heard stuff about him and like we know he's a decent player, so that wasn't that much of a shock. But the fact that he left out Akeem and Ibra and played Joe as a a false nine, like, fuck me. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. Wait, but wait, like, wait, wait, wait. Like, like this false you, nine. You all, you all play as a nine, as a false nine, as a midfielder. He was yes. defending. I don't surprise that Stephen Hart told him, can you drive the bus to the hotel after <laughs> I, a match? I know, right? Honestly. It was, it was absolutely, like, that's the thing. I mean, like, I, like he's supposed to be playing as a striker, and he's, like, defending in midfield, like, trying to win the ball because he's not getting – the ball and then as soon as the ball we got the ball there was nobody up there to hit it to because our striker is back playing defense it just made no sense to me I, I i don't understand why steven was trying to be he obviously thought he was being clever and i i i just i, I feel like i failed miserably because to be, being honest like we scored two penalties like which is great but like from open play we weren't very good we had like 40% possession or something like that. I, I, I think had we played with that system against Calvary or Forge, we would have been fucking annihilated. And it's, yeah, um, I, I hate pissing on the club. I hate pissing on the team. But I was shocked and I was just like, what the fuck is going on here? I, well, I'm, I'm shocked. I actually, I, I felt okay. In a weird way, I, I felt okay. I mean, I agree. The starting 11 caught me off guard. But the first 25, 30 minutes, I kind of saw what they were doing. We know that Morelli can possess and distribute all over the field and then run off the ball magnificently. And Sissoko was incredible. So I think the idea was to have Louis and Ramp sit back. And I remember, I think I was talking to James in the chat because it was just like me, James, and Jess were the only three because you guys are all out and about doing your thing. Um, and I actually like drew the tactic and it was this, like, it reminded me of Chelsea when you had Essien, Mikel, Lampard, and then whoever they had up front at the time, it didn't matter who was the striker. Okay. And it was just 
Well, Drogba was kind of a good example, but Drogba would get wider. And Nelk is very much better. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. But they're they're like, and Nelk is a striker, though. Yes. We didn't have that. Like, it made made zero fucking sense. Like, uh, like you've got a top scorer from last year. Sorry, man. No, no, no. Go ahead. Yep. You've got a top scorer from last year. You've got a kid who scored a million goals in PEI, and you bench the two of them and put probably. Can I, you I, I would say probably the best the number I think he's probably going to be one of the best number tens in the league yeah. and we play him out of position it just can I can I ask you guys a question sure yeah what did a King Garcia do to be bench <laughs> he he has offered us everything the few goals that we had score he did it he's been our top scorer that guy two Took, took kind of like, you know, like he, he's not because he he scored our first goal. He was our top scorer. Like he, 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 I, I have my, my stats. He was benched on the full, on the spring tournament once and on the full tournament once. And in those matches, we lost too. Mm-hmm. So when you have dots as a coach, you go and see the stats and see, okay, the, the numbers are going to back me up. So how, in your mind, you put Akin Garcia on the bench? I know tactically he wanted to, to save him for the second half. It's your match opener. You're playing Pacific. It's, 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 not, it's not that with all the respect to Bowler and all the teams over there. Uh, Pacific, it's, it's, it's equally harder than playing Forge and playing Calvary, okay? So I don't want a piece on the club, but this is how old school is Stephen Hart. And I know he's a man that he he likes his football. He's a guy that um, he has experience and he knows all the players. And at the end, after the result, we all are soccer analysis or whatever. Like the coach is in the day-to-day basis, and he's the one that knows how the players are for the match and who, who's, who's ready to play. So I don't know how you're going to put a King Garcia on the bench. I understand Marshall because Marshall was the last one in the team and he has a football Ross, you know, he needed minutes. I, I get it. I buy it. You want to put it on the, be- on the bench and then like put him the last minutes because he's so good that he can score. Okay. Put it on the bench, but come on. Like, Joao was playing as a nine, and he's, a nine, he's not a nine. He can play as a false nine. He can play as a, 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 as a ten or whatever. But the fact that Joao was playing in different positions, he was gassed out. Like, in the minute 70, he has to, like, they, they – they, they, he had no energy because that guy ran everything. He, he, he ran all the pitch. I he ran all the island. Like, come on. I'm think, surprised. I'm surprised. I'm I, – I am not as critical as you guys on this one at all. No, but, I mean, I, I, res- I respect your guys' opinions entirely. You guys know that. I, I, I love you guys to death. I respect your guys' opinions more than most. But I, mm. I just, I, for some, I, maybe it's just because last year was so hard. I s- just keep looking at the silver linings. Like, Stephen may have made a selection mistake, but we managed to grab a point. We had a lead for an hour. We got the lead back. Yeah, I know they were penalties, but the attacking emphasis was there. They, the one-two touches were there. You know, we were talking about Rigi in the chat, how he misplaced the most passes, but he was also making the most dangerous passes. 
So, you know, I think Steven, when he, before the tournament said that this is preparation for 2021 and I don't want to bring it up, I think we saw the first, I know, I'm sorry, Anthony. I think we saw literally the first phase of that in a weird way. And, and this is why as much as I really want to get behind the boys having a shot to win this tournament, I feel like we're seeing Steven taking the time to make sure that guys don't fit into certain roles rather than trying to get guys to fit into certain roles. Because I think last year he was forced to put, go ahead, go ahead. So, I know. So, so you do that, you do that in the preseason of 2021. You but we don't know if there's going to be one. That's, that's. But, but you don't do it. You don't do it in a in fucking a tournament. tournament. Never. I know. I agree. I agree I, with you guys. I do. I, and we, time, we've, we have talked about this. this we have talked time about to experiment. And to be honest yeah. with you, like Rigi and Corey, I, I, I had a feeling that Corey Benton was there because I've seen him. I know he's a regal player and he played like he was our man in the match. He, he's a regal player and Rigi the same. But just having, like, we needed a striker up there. We needed somebody who was going to yeah. make those runs that you need to with, have with, with, the, with those two guys. With all, my, with all my sunshines and lollipops, I agree. I totally agree. And I've, I've been saying this. I said, Stephen has a, has a selection dilemma right now, um, structurally, how he's going to put a striker in there. And is it going to be Garcia or is it going to be Sano? If it's going to be Garcia, you could easily replace Rigi with Garcia and yeah. have that same starting 11. And I Chris. think you're going to get that last little oomph. Chris. You know what I mean? Yeah. When it's winter time and you're freaking cold, <laughs> you put a fucking jacket and go out, right? Yeah, yeah. So what the hell? If it's winter time, you're going to still go in, 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 in polo shirts, freaking <laughs> dead. It's the same thing. You got players... You have a headache, change the fucking system. You know? Change it. Well, well like, to his credit, to, and, and to his credit, you know? the substitutions were mega effective. And I think yeah. that that's maybe something he's going to look at into the next game because, but you, you know, how, I, I was saying before, oh, sorry, go ahead. But you saw how the, how we changed when the strikers came on, like when we saw yeah. Eber come on and stuff like that. We played like way better. Yeah. And I just, for the life of me, I don't understand like why he thought that was going to work. I, I just, uh, it's and this is the problem I find, like we're like we're, we're like we're obviously we're supposed to be super Halifax Wanderers fans and I am and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, though, we still have the right because we pay money to 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 be critical of stuff. And I feel like sometimes when you be critical, people jump down your throat a little bit because we're all supposed to be super yeah. positive and whatever. But like this is where you have to kind of kind of question stuff and say, okay, the club's gone and spent money or like bringing all these players. And then you just bench them. It just makes no fucking sense to me. Like, but let, let me tell you something, though. Like, we see changes. Like, I love – and now we're going to touch Ibra because that's a topic that he deserves. Like, he did amazing. Um, we didn't change the whole system, though. It was men by men. Like, if you see that, yeah, like, that's, like that's, the changes, like, I, I didn't see any change of the structure. All I see was players with individualities that they have talent – and they make it work the last 10 minutes because, like, they were amazing. Which but is why somebody the, was saying, not to cut you off, Carlos, somebody was saying in the, in, the, in the match chat that after we conceded the second, Steven should have made those changes. And, I mean, not to be overly critical of Steven, although, I mean, I guess this is the time to be overly critical of Steven. Well, um, well. <laughs> you know, I, I felt like if he had made those substitutions sooner, there's, there was only, and this is what I'm saying, like, I'm not as critical as you guys. I really felt like we only played bad for 10 minutes, which sucks I, because it I, costs two points, but 
I, feel I, like, I really felt like we only played bad for 10 minutes. Like, but, but I, I felt like said, individual. But we also but we have 40% of possession of the ball. That was the second we half. We didn't have the ball. Like the first half, honestly, like we didn't have it much. And I watched the game three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. I, I watched it twice. I agree with you. But I think it's because the difference between last year and this year, and this is why, like I said, I'm, I'm actually trying to see the silver linings. Mm-hmm. We were a team that held the ball and carried the ball too much when we shouldn't have. I felt like yesterday or the day before, we made mistakes in moving the ball too quickly and not holding it enough. And I would rather that be the issue because one of the really good positives of the game is we've got a fucking amazing press. And other than Cavalry, we might have the best press in the league. And, and I mean, Sissoko found a way to work with Morelli really well in the middle. And I'm thinking, again, need the striker, need the talisman up front, need a target. But I think that was Steven's idea. We're going to turn these turnovers into goals. What happened was, is those first half turnovers, just, you know, we would get the ball there wasn't that one-two shoot. There wasn't that take a touch, look up, and shoot. It ended up being a little bit too much of last year, holding the ball a little too long, not moving it. But getting into those positions and finding the ball in those positions, massive, massive improvement. So I think that he has to figure out how he's going to put the striker in the system. And if I'm Stephen Hart right now, the easy fix is just replacing Rigi with Garcia, keep everybody the same, including Morelli in the false nine. Does he I, like that? Does he like having strikers though? Because well, this is I, what I'm saying. Like you might that, as well that, just keep Morelli in the false nine and have Benton Garcia. What I see was a defensive team. Like we're not different than last year, though. I don't want to be rushed. I don't want to be blunt, but we're not different than last year. We have not way much. better players. Like we have yeah. an amazing talent over there. And if you are gonna be playing as a four-three-three all the time, where you have talent that it can develop a different system, like. You were telling me like he he was like practicing at three five two one. It, well, yeah, at the very beginning, but yeah. I don't. I think mean, that's gonna work now. I mean, it's too late for for making something like that, especially no. when we're gonna play Forge yeah. and Calvary. Because I mean, there was no there was no problem with the midfield. There, 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 there's no problem, but the problem yeah. is like we know how he plays. He likes to play defensively, and I don't know what's gonna be the mentality for Wednesday. Are we going to be more defensive than we were already against Maybe. Pacific? Because we're going, to be, we're, going to, we're going to face the champions of last season. And then we're going to face Calvary on yeah. Sunday. So there's two big threats when you normally, even you're the biggest club, like get defensive against a potential threat. If we're already a defensive team, how are we supposed to try to at least win or score a couple goals? I don't know what the mentality. The counter was there. What's Uh, going? What's going to be? What's going to happen on Wednesday? If if we're ready, if we're ready, show hints that we are still the same defensive team the last season. How I'm supposed to see a team that is going to score goals because that the message that it was given to the fans. And the message that it was given to everyone is like, we're a different team. We know we lack of strikers. And now you have all the strikers and you are not doing any shit. Excuse my language, but you're not doing any shit. I did. And I'm tired of this because like that was the message that we lack of strikers. You have all the strikers now. We got way better team the last season and we're not doing nothing. I think, I think, Sorry. Uh, I think why I'm just like a little bit fired up about it is that before the tournament started, we all said that the Pacific game was one that we 
really needed to win uh, to get us off the road because we had those two difficult games following up with, with Forge and County. Mm-hmm. And the fact is that like we had a really good chance to win that game. Um, and I, I just felt like we, we blew it a little bit. We, we kind of fucked it up. And like just looking at the stats there, in the first half, they had 65% of the ball. Like that's not good enough. Like let's be honest here. We've got we've got like some we've got an amazing amazing footballers in that team that like can keep the ball and pass it around. Like I mean like, like LBG, Rampersat, Sissoko, Morelli are footballers. They know how to play the game and like they they should have the ball more than that. But the system just didn't allow them to. I know, as you said there, Chris, like a lot of us seem to be to attack people on the counter and all, all that kind of stuff. But I just think that like last year we kind of tried to do the same thing and it just didn't work. So like, why not try and do something different when you've got different players with different skill sets? Like, set it, set your stall out and fucking go for it. You know what I mean? Like, I know we got, I know we got the penalty early and all that kind of stuff, but that should have been a focal point for us to kick on and score more goals. And it. I don't think we did that much after we scored a penalty. Like it, it was, it was just a weird game to watch. And all credit to Pacific. I know we haven't mentioned them. Like they played a That's really what good I was game. Gonna say. I, and, I was going to say. And you know they've got some great good. players. And like you know Marco Bussos had a great, great game and all that kind of stuff. And but. Obviously, we're Wanderers fans, and that's why we're going to focus a little bit more on those, on, on the Wanderers. But it, it, I just felt it was an opportunity lost. That we had a really good chance to, to, to start the tournament off the right way with a win against a really good team. And I just think we kind of blew it a little bit, and that's kind of why I'm just a little bit frustrated. It's not- I, want to, I want to mention that the LBG and Rampers did a fantastic job trying to keep uh, Blasco and, and, what's the name, Marco Bustos, and Blasco separated in the in the game. Tactically, they did amazing. But I mean, there there there's some keys that we can improve. And I know we're focusing for next year, and I know that. And I don't want to be rushed, but we got the right to to be a little bit demanding, right? Because it, it's our team. We wanted to win, but it just sucks that having the kitchen and all these yummy ingredients, and you're still making freaking pasta every day. <laughs> when you can make a freaking steak, you know, on some veggies and stuff. You got ingredients there, and you're still eating freaking soup every day. Oh, God. Carlos, I, I don't know. Carlos, I, you're the king of the analogies. You're not a fucking hell, man. Well, how, 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 how can I explain it? I don't know. Like, shout out to Ibra, because he was just like... He's a, he's a baller, on man. Fire. I, he's I, a baller. I love I love that kid and I felt bad for him, um, not starting and like I, I don't want to get back into having to go with Steve and he's a manager he's paid to make the choices and obviously he yeah. gets to see these guys in training every day so like he, it's his right to make that that formation and those players and all that kind of stuff but we also have a right as football fans and Wanderers fans to kind of be a little bit critical of it so come let's look towards Wednesday against Forge. Do you think that he's going to stick with the same system, Chris, or do you think he's going to change it up a little bit? That's the million-dollar question, man. I. The thing is, is as, as good as Forge looked in their first two games, they're still kind of building something, and I would not be mad if we got a draw similar to the frustrating – you know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's going to change it much because, you know, they, Pacific, again, only had – maybe five, 10 minutes where they were like truly dominating. Yeah. They had the possession and everything and they had more, you know, they had more emphasis on the attack, but it was a lot of, 
end-to-end stuff. And, and a lot of their, their attack was through Jagir, Chung, and Bustos on the right. And, you know, Alex had a fantastic game. I thought Gems played fantastic as well. And, and like Carlos was saying, the three guys in the middle just did a good job of making sure that um, – is it Blasco is his last name? Couldn't cut in. Like they, Blasco, they, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like I, I completely hear where you guys are coming from. I, I do. And, and there's been people all over the internet the last couple of days that have been frustrated with the performance, but I just, I, I feel like even if we don't get the result against Forge, we saw enough there in that first game in the attack with who was available, the way it was available. I know it was frustrating, but there was still something there that if Steven does get this right, that attack is going to be lethal. We know the midfield is solid. And if the attack in the midfield can figure it out, we're not going to have to worry about the defensive mistakes that we made in that first game. So I think that the, the opportunity and, and the goal against Forge, I think, is to try to keep a clean sheet. I'm not so much focused on scoring and winning. I want the boys to hold that for 90 minutes. And it's well, a challenge. But this it's is, a this challenge is the team, that I think can build confidence. And, you know, Cavalry is going to be a tougher result. Yeah, go ahead. But this is the thing, though, like... And I agree with you. Like the, the first thing is, you like you gotta go to the pitch. Just keep the zero. Then everything will just like blank into place. But just keep the zero, you know. And I feel like it's too late now for change any system. I feel like the four three three has to be the same at least for the for 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 these next two matches. But that doesn't mean that you can change the pieces, right? As you said, if I was Stephen Hart. I'll put Akeem on the wing. I put Joao playing behind the nine, and I make kind of like a diamond, you know? And I put on the left, or like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to play it. You gotta like keep you, Corey. You gotta you gotta keep Corey Bent. Like it has to. to be Corey Bent. Like and, and yeah, and Sissoko too. Like I, I was saying, I, as amazing a game as he had, if if Steven has to make a drastic move, you maybe take Sissoko out for the first half and you gamble. And then if you need his legs in the second half, what a perfect guy to come off the bench to kind of like stifle that forge midfield. But you almost need those three in the middle with how everything is still kind of uncertain. One of the things that was certain, actually, that we haven't really talked about, Jake Ruby and Alex DeCarolis, I mean, Ruby made one mistake. Alex played probably one of the best games he's ever played in a Wanderers uniform. That scares me. That width might come in handy if Steven has to compress the forward line. And let me tell you something, though. Like, next game, it's going to be a big, big test if, if Jake Rube is going to be in the starting 11. Because that, that, that side is with uh, Kyle Becker. And Kyle Becker is going to drive him nuts in that position. So, or it's, you... Or, it's, or, a, it's, a, it's a weird position. Or either, you, or, or, or either you, like, you choose experience, like you put Ensa there, or you put Ruby. Or Mateo. Yeah, I know he played left in the first game, but like, you know, Mateo is calm, which I I mean, I know him at left back was a weird one too, but somebody said that Kanumbe still wasn't fit. So, I mean, if he's your third option at left back, then I guess you got to do it. But um, yeah, I'm, I I don't know. I, I, you, (laughs) I love you guys to death. I'm just, I'm way more positive and confident, I think. And I'm not even going to get down if we don't get the result against Forge. I just hope that, it's a little more crisp to your guys's, you know, like you said, 65% possession first half, unacceptable. But I think the 35% we had the ball, we looked sexy 
for lack of better terms. I like I like getting those turnovers in the attacking I, position. I, I honestly, I like. I, I can't I can't fault any of the players. The play, yeah. everybody, everybody had a pretty decent game. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I just yeah. felt the system that they were being asked to play just didn't it suit is. the type of players that they are. And that's that, fair. So, so that's I, like that's something I want to make. Like I think everybody had a really good game. There was nobody that I would say fuck that guy he had a terrible game everybody worked their socks off and like put the effort in I just felt that they were kind of stunted by a system that just didn't really make sense like and uh, since I mean that's football everybody's got an opinion me personally I just think that the the system could potentially work it's just you know like the does it get to the, but does it get to the point then where like you know like as you said like I mean it's going to be hard to drop Sissoko now because he had such a good game but to make it work, you might have to drop one of those three to yeah. to, to allow Joe to push on a little bit and then have a striker in front of him. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting. To be honest with you, I don't think Stephen Hart, uh, Stephen Hart does risky or gambles. So I think that we will probably have pretty much the same as what we'll we take had. Nil nil, take nil yeah. nil. And, and I, I will take a draw. I take a draw in the next two games definitely. But yeah. I, I I just I just think that this was a really big opportunity lost that we had a really good chance to, to win our first game and start the tournament off the right way. And that's mm-hmm. where I was a little bit kind of frustrated that. And, and that's the most upsetting part. And I agree with Anthony because that's how I feel. I feel like if it was a moment to have the three points and make something historical for the club, it was on Sunday. Whatever happens on Wednesday, whatever happened on, on Sunday, if we lose, we, if, we go, if we lose, that's fine. It's Forge, it's Calvary. But what happened on Sunday is unacceptable. I'm sorry, I, but it's it's yeah. We we don't win games being the best fans in the league, you know. We're we're not gonna win games like supporting and common wonders and whatever because we we're gonna support no matter what. Like you know, like being the best supporters in the league doesn't give you three points. What gives you three points is scoring goals and playing good in the pitch. That's all I have to say. So um, I've just realised that Carlos has now become the Roy Keane of our show. So. <laughs> I was literally going to say thoughts and feelings are our individual thoughts and feelings. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> they, they, they do not we, represent. They do not represent the Down the Pub podcast. <laughs> and I think, I think you, 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 you said something pretty important there, Anthony. Like the boys all played their asses off, and. I could not Again, fault like even I could not fault anyone yeah. whatsoever. And 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 you know, yeah. like, like last year, man, like the boys had some tough results last year, but some of the performances were okay and some of the performances were down to just structures and systems. It wasn't some of the effort the guys were putting in. It was the restrictions and the shackles that were being put on them. So, you know, I mean I know some of these guys might not make it to this point. They might have turned it off right now and threw their iPhones against the wall yeah. like these guys talking this shit. Yeah. But like full appreciation to everybody. Um, last yeah. game in all honesty I, and I, I feel, feel like, like everybody it, put in a good account and I know from personally from talking to a couple of the guys they're taking it hard they really are and yeah. you know they, they, they you know they feel like that was three points lost even though I feel like you know I, I, again I, I sound like a broken record the silver lining I see took an early lead held it came back I know both goals were penalties but just that's stuff that didn't happen last year and and I we know that score faster I, I, yeah, no, but but like you know, I, I I just felt like even though overall the body of work might not have been as impressive or attractive as we wanted it to be, the the the, the result of the game was something that didn't happen last year. We didn't have a lead that we held for a while and looked at least composed. 
we and, and and with a plan which was more or less to counter rather than to hold the ball and then when we lost the lead made the changes tried to put ourselves back in the game you, you got to attack to draw penalties and and this is a rule i've always said to people and a lot of people have criticized manchester united this year for example for having so many goals from the spot but well, i always madrid. say to people and yeah madrid too yeah there's another great example right like you know teams you have to still attack and be in the right position to draw a penalty and mm-hmm. and i i just i see the good in what Halifax was doing with their attack is something that they can truly build on because as we know, that midfield is beautiful and that defense, if it comes together, is going to be a wall. So, you know, I just think they do, like you guys said, if they don't change the structure, just figure out the right pieces in the puzzle. And and nobody did anything wrong. Like, you know, Rigi did turn the ball over a lot, but like I said at the beginning. Rigi played good. He like, played good. whatever, it's, whoever good. said the inaccurate passes, it's no, man. Like, no, there was like, no striker over there. That's, I, always say to, I yeah. always say to people, I'd rather a guy have 60% passing, but they all go towards the defense than mm-hmm. to have 80% passing and they're all going backwards. Yeah. And what we had a lot of last year was decent possession numbers but a lot of back passing, a lot of midfield hold move, midfield hold move, or it would get up front and then they were dribbling and dancing trying to get, you know what I mean? We watched last year, there were a lot of games. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I didn't see that, if you know what I mean. I didn't see the frustrating elements of the attack last year, and I saw a midfield that, when it comes together, is going to be the best in the league. So it just sucks that the season is short, man. Because you know, it's, I think I think not to not to like put the frustration, the cause, and and concern of your guys' frustration in your heads, but I think some of the frustration comes from the fact that it is such a short season. If we're talking about game one of twenty eight, I think we'd be a lot more positive than since it's, it's game one of seven, right? So missed opportunities look way worse. I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll just I'll just leave it with with with, with this. It's the fact of before the tournament, uh, we've we've had. This this is the preseason. We're looking towards twenty twenty one. We're looking to da, 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 da. it's a short <laughs> tournament and I want us to win it. And then yeah. like yeah. off the back of all that talk, which was I found a little bit kind of frustrating, then to come into the first game to that team selection, that's where where my frustrations kinda of boil over. Because I feel like I, I, I know that we've got a really good team and I just felt that we didn't get to see the best of our team because of the way it was set up. So as I said, well said. as well I said, like said. all the players play their hearts out. Like uh, you can't fault them for a thing. Like, you, you know, I think it showed what Akeem can do for the team when he won that penalty. Like he just was bothersome. You know, he's just that type of player that like, you know, he'll run after a last cause and get you a penalty. So that's just knowing that. And then seeing him sit on the bench beside Ibra, just, Upset me a little bit, I guess. Just no, such because I, I just he's he's a regal player. So um, I'm just really hoping that Wednesday we get a good result um, and we can get some positivity back. And apologies, to Stephen Hart. I'm sorry if I made you cry, but he probably doesn't listen to us anyway. So um, lads, thank you so I, much. I want I want to apologize if if I came, but he just got me worked out because they were easy points. But at the end, like I have no complaint with the players because you know. <laughs> not not easy points. Well, I yeah, mean, not they were easy points. Not like, easy points, but man, I mean, like we we we, we, we missed something. But I have no complaints with the players, though. Not at all. Like I haven't. I, I just complain about the system, but I don't complain because I think they everything play everything was good. You know. So yeah. Like, so let's, let's hope that was great. Let's hope that we get um, 
the same level of intensity from the players on Wednesday and we get a good result against Forge. So lads, thanks a million. Really appreciate you hanging out and uh, talking some CPL football. It's it's great to actually be back talking about football and not just like talking about stuff that might be happening or is could potentially happen. It's actually happening. So uh, it's been great to kind of chat normal football again. And uh, until next time, cheers, lads. You've been listening to the Down the Pub podcast, recorded in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.